Welcome to the H&HR Podcast. My name is Heather Taves, and I'm sitting in a closet <laughs> beside my best friend, my sister, my co-host, and the person that I do the most daily life with besides my husband and children. Yeah. So <laughs> the point of our podcast is that ordinary really is extraordinary, mm. and we're sort of chuckling today because today we have all five of our kids in yeah. my home. Right. And we typically record in your home. Yep. But with nap schedules today and work schedules and all of the things, mm-hmm. all of the schooling and all the things, we needed to schedule it here at my house. And so the quietest place is in my master bedroom closet. Yeah. So we're literally sitting in a closet, right? Like you're right by my husband's boxers. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, I'm kind of eye level with his swim trunks. Okay. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. So podcasting from a closet, you do what you've got to do. (laughs) You do. And that is the beauty of ordinary life being extraordinary. Yeah. Is that it isn't always super glamorous. Yeah. We don't always feel like doing this, Mm -mm. but we do it because God's called us to do it and it's obedience. And I was just talking with a friend the other day about how I think obedience is something that we don't put enough emphasis on. It in the importance of it, mm-hmm. you know, and that God honors obedience so much so. And I, speaking from personal experience, not that I've always obeyed perfectly or anything like that at all. I'm not saying that, but my husband, Chris, and I especially talk about this a lot because we feel like there have been so many things in our life that we've been obedient in, yeah, hard things, mm-hmm. but little things too, little things and big things, yeah. and that God has been so faithful to us. Yeah. Not because of our obedience. He could be faithful to us in spite of our obedience, mm-hmm. but his favor has been on, on us because of our obedience. Yeah. And I think oftentimes people forget the significance mm-hmm. of their obedience. Yeah. I think that's really good, Heather. And I would say as someone who's had a really close on look to your and Chris's life for the last 20 21 years, years, 21 years, Chris has been in our family 21 years. Um, I would say that is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. You know, that you guys have chosen a path that many did not choose and that you have walked in a lot of God's favor and faithfulness because of those hard mm-hmm. choices. And, and it hasn't been easy, mm-hmm. but it's been worth it. So I love that God has shown you mm-hmm. that there is a reward for being under God's authority for for having that um, desire to walk in the best that he has for you. Yeah. And I don't think that it means that just because you're obedient, you're going to be given all of these things or no. have an easy life. But I do think that oftentimes when you look at someone and you see favor on their life, mm-hmm. the favor of God, which can mean multiple things you should probably look at their lives and see their obedience and Mm -hmm. see that that's why. Uh, Often when things happen to us that are out of the ordinary, Mm -hmm. you know, that people are like, oh, you're so lucky. My response is, no, we were obedient. Yeah. And the result of that thing that someone would say would be luck is actually God's blessing on us because of our obedience. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Heather, it actually also makes me think about comparison. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about this on the h and Hour, but I think it's worth talking about again mm-hmm. because I know that I, you know, I learned something and I need to hear it again for it to stick. 
And then sometimes in a new season, I need to hear it again. Yeah. And so I think that it would be easy for someone. Let's take your marriage, for example. Mm -hmm. It would be easy for someone to look at your marriage and be jealous of it. Yes. To go, well, that's not fair that Heather has a husband who's so patient and Mm -hmm. kind and loving and, you know, joyful. Like, that's not fair. And yet they may not be willing to put the work in behind Mm -hmm. the scenes that's Mm -hmm. gone into having a healthy godly marriage. So, you know, it doesn't, this whole topic doesn't have to be like super deep, but I want to talk about that comparison piece Mm -hmm. because I do think that that's where a lot of times we get tripped up Mm -hmm. in this human walk is looking at something that someone else has, whether it's a, a a faith thing, like a faith gift, a spiritual gift, right. Or a physical thing like a house or a car Mm -hmm. or a watch or a closet of clothing. Agree. And that comparison comes in and it creates a lot of muck. It does. In people's hearts. Yeah. Towards other people. You know what the antidote for comparison is? What is it? Gratefulness. Mm, That's good. Gratitude. Yeah. And I'll tell you a personal experience from this uh, because I compare myself in I would say that I struggle with the faith, spiritual gift side of comparison. Okay. Okay. So I might see someone who has a similar spiritual gift that I have, but they've been given a hu- a bigger platform. Gotcha. Yeah. Or they have more access to people or they appear to be more successful mm-hmm. in air quotes yeah. um, than I feel like I am. So that's where I struggle with comparison. Yeah. I don't necessarily struggle as much on the like physical side of things with comparison, but here's why I think that is true. When we were first um, actually, we weren't newly married. We had been married, I don't know, six or seven years. We bought a tiny little house. I was pregnant with our first child, so mm-hmm. it was 13 years ago. <laughs> and it was this sweet little house that we decorated, and it was so cute, and it fit all of our needs, and we lived there for seven years. Mm-hmm. But Heidi, the kitchen was like a postage stamp. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was tiny. tiny. Once you put my microwave on one side of it, there was literally like Three feet. Three feet at the most at the of most. counter left. Yeah. Okay. So you can imagine, how you know how small it was, yeah. but listeners can imagine how small it was. But the entire time I lived in that house, I was so content. Yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And yes, a bigger house would have been nicer, you know, would have been nice for the space. And But I didn't look at other people's homes and go, man, they're so lucky. I wish I had that. Yeah. And then you fast forward. We lived in that house for seven years. You fast forward and we moved into our house now mm-hmm. and it's huge compared to my little house. Your island is and, about bigger than your kitchen. Oh, was. it totally is. I yeah. think. Uh-huh. Don't yeah. you think? <laughs> yep. Um, and it's such a blessing and we love it so much, but it would be very easy for me now yeah. in a different season of life that I'm in to go, but I need a bigger house, yeah. but I need a nicer kitchen, mm-hmm. but I need a nicer bathroom, but I need this, but I need that. And instead, because of what I learned in my little tiny house that was a postage stamp, I learned to be content. Yeah. And when you learn that contentment, it stays with you. It doesn't yeah. mean you, you don't have to work on it. But I look at my house now, and I can't tell you how many times a week Chris or I will look at each other and say, we love our house. Mm, that's cool. This is such a wonderful place. We love to be here. Yeah. And so instead of looking at, you know, people that might have something more than us, we're just so content. It's so good. So that's that's one way I've done it well. I could tell you a dozen stories of ways I have not done that well. Well, I think the house one is um, probably relevant to pretty much anyone listening. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you are in a season of renting a small little apartment, 
you're probably longing for that house that is to come. Yeah. Or if you're in that starter home and your friends around you are upgrading to their nicer, newer homes mm-hmm. or their new builds or whatever that looks like, that is a hard thing mm-hmm. to remain content in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really important thing. Heather, 2 Corinthians ten twelve talks about comparison. And I just love to, I love to pull God's word into conversations like this because whenever, I feel like a conversation like this could take so many flavors. Yeah. So it's so important to just go like, okay, but what does God's word say about this? Um, It says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Wow. So what says it's saying when we're comparing ourselves against each other, mm-hmm. we are without understanding. Wow. Which is super convicting. Yeah. To go, so when I am allowing myself to be consumed by what my girlfriend has that I don't have, mm-hmm. or by a title that someone's achieved that I had hoped to achieve, I am without understanding. Mm. And it, that's me. You know, that's like... They can do their thing. And and I think that's the important thing is when we find ourselves in a season of comparing against someone else, they might not even know that their thing is causing us that what is probably idolatry. Oh, right. I think most of the time people don't know that. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's It's your heart issue. It's just our issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just so important to go, okay, God, to, to recognize what is the root of this? What's causing me to feel like I need to compare against this person? What's causing me to possibly be discontent with whatever I have in comparison to what they have? And what needs removed from my heart in order for me to not feel discontent? Mm -hmm. That's so good, Heidi. I love that. It makes me think about how many times the Bible talks about understanding. Mark 8.18 says, Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? And I think that often understanding comes because we've listened. Mm. We've listened to the word of God, to God's truth. We've listened to people that have wisdom and we've let it sink into our hearts and we've chosen to accept Mm -hmm. that knowledge. And then we understand. That's good. We understand the order of how things work biblically. Right. And what God intended for us to do with certain feelings that come in. And so I wonder if oftentimes we have a comparison problem because we have an understanding problem Mm. because we have a hearing problem. Wow. And so often I believe that if we would stop and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit either him speaking to us directly through God's word because we're spending time in God's word or speaking to us through people that have wisdom that are around us, Mm -hmm. we would gain so much because of that understanding. That's really good. I think that, you know, I think about this with my kiddos. Um, It's, it is, so I have three kids and it's a really tempting thing to compare them against each other. Mm to compare my second born to my first born because they're both boys and how Crosley did it as opposed to how Wilder's doing it. And um, a while back, I actually got really convicted about that, about I don't want to be speaking that comparison over my kids because what that's doing is that's training them to then have that possibly that spirit of Mm -hmm. discontentment Mm -hmm. with how God's created them and how they respond. And then just a few days later, as God was like, 
working that in me. And I was kind of having that, not like the aha moment, because I've thought about this before, but kind of that reminder Mm -hmm. of like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to be very cautious not to do that. And the reason it came up is because I was actually telling my husband a story about something that had happened during the day. And it needed to be talked about because it's something we had to deal with as parents. And then I said, you know, it's just so hard because we never went through this with Crosley. Ah. And it, and I wasn't even saying it in front of Wilder. So it's not like it was against like being put into his spirit. Right. But I was just reminded like, it is not my role to have my child become like my firstborn. My role is to effectively foster the gifts and the uniqueness that God's put in each of my children mm-hmm. for their life, mm-hmm. not against their brothers, not against their sister. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that can be part of comparison as well. That's so as good. Parents. That's so good. And it's interesting because I've actually seen this happen uh, with parents of older children mm. where one child might have achieved a level of success in something or been the very obedient child. Mm-hmm. Or, to be honest, they might be the child that just coddles you as a parent yeah. and makes you feel like you're an awesome parent mm-hmm. because they know how to manipulate the situation. True. I've seen that, too. Yeah. Um, and then the other kids kind of get the shaft because yeah. that one kid is like your – what's the word? Your your – like the teacher's pet, is that what you mean? Yeah, like the all star, the yeah. standout. Yeah. yeah, like gets all the attention, gets all the focus. Yeah. I've actually seen this a lot. Yeah, I, I listen to older parents talk because I'm not there yet, and I want to glean from them and learn from them. And I've been paying attention to this, and it's interesting how often you'll hear a parent single out one child and raise them up above the rest, like put them on a pedestal, mm-hmm. and it makes me sad for the other kids mm. because you know if that parent is saying it about the one child those other kids are hearing it too and i wonder what kind of lies that satan is using to then in those other children Mm. to speak things into them that they're gonna have to deal with at some point in their life wow that's a really convicting thought process you know just to go okay so how how do we avoid becoming that way You know, and I don't think it's bad. Like, you're always going to have those moments where you get to praise one child and not all of them. Absolutely. You know, I'm not the mom that's like, oh, son, your your shirt looks so cute. And then I have to praise every single child. Right. Because I've given one compliment. Right. But I do think that that could be a huge trap from the enemy Mm -hmm. to let one one child Mm -hmm. be the measuring stick Mm -hmm. of comparison. Mm -hmm. And it's really detrimental to your other children, for sure. I agree with that. I think it's just something to be aware of when your kids are little, but then as your kids get older, I've just seen it more in that age range. And so I wonder if maybe it's it's something that we as parents need to be aware of and protect. I know my husband and I talk about comparison when it comes to his particular job Mm -hmm. because he's in a sales position and he's got a thousands and thousands of peers across the world in his same job just Mm -hmm. in a different territory Mm -hmm. and so there's that there is that um kind of in that world that like who's who's doing what right and you know they get sales printouts every single week Mm -hmm. or month that Mm -hmm. shows like who's ranking where and yeah and he was showing me the other day something different i go what is this list and he's like oh that's the that's where you rank in the company Mm -hmm. and i was like wow 
Is that supposed to be motivating or completely disheartening? Mm -hmm. You know, because it shows like your percentage of plan and who's the top 10 and where you're at in comparison. And I don't know. I was like, man, I I don't know if that's a very motivating strategy. Well, I think for some people it is because that's their goal. Yeah. You know, and especially if they're highly competitive. Yes. Like it pushes them to get to the top of that chart. Yes. For other people. It's probably not motivating at all. But it probably makes them feel like a failure. Well, yeah, because you're looking at these numbers. It's like, wow, this guy's 600% a plan. Yeah. When does he hang out with his family? I wonder, how do we measure that with podcasting? We're 600% of podcasting. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> if anyone knows, you can feel free to tell us. Um, but I just think that that comparison goes into every single avenue yeah. of our world. It does. It does. It's it's so personal, yeah. uh, you know, with our physical features, yep. how we compare our bodies with one another, with our marriages, with our kids, with our jobs, with our gifts that God's given us. I mean, it, it translates into everything. Yeah. So I think it's so important that we take stock yeah. of what it, because we all struggle with this. Yeah. I mean, I can look at my life and I can go, yep, that's where I struggle with comparison. Yes. And it keeps coming back around and yeah. I keep having to rebuke it and I keep having to go back to the truth and understand what it is that, one, how God has made me and yeah. gifted me, and then, two, what he's put right in front of me. Mm, and that good. if he wanted me to be on a bigger platform or to be in a different place or to have a different role with mm-hmm. my gifts, he would open those doors. Yeah. He could open those doors. And he may not be opening them um, because I need to be right where I'm at or because I'm not ready for him to open them yet. Yeah. Okay. So here's a really vulnerable story, Heather. Um so I walked through something last week that was difficult and it, it caused me to feel quite unloved mm-hmm. and that's not a fun thing to walk through. No. Um, it felt, made me feel very isolated mm-hmm. and, but it, as we're talking about this comparison, it actually makes me think the reason I felt quite unloved is in comparison to the way some other people were being treated in this situation and I was being treated very differently. Yeah. And so I felt very unloved. And so being just super honest, mm-hmm. it's affected my entire week. Yeah. And it's been something I've really had to spend a lot of time with Jesus yeah. in my own heart yeah. going, God, how do I deal with this? How do I work through this? And this isn't the first time it's happened. It's been kind of an ongoing thing for a number of years. Yeah. But last night in the middle of the night, um, this is kind of, so for those of you listening, like God speaks to different people in different ways. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways he speaks to me is he will literally wake me up in the middle of the night and I will clearly hear either a voice that is truly a voice Mm -hmm. or this strong impression, like this, this idea or this thought that is so just random and out of left field that I know I didn't just wake up and think it. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Not like I want chocolate. Right. Because that would be a given, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I woke up at three in the morning and just literally as clear as you are sitting here talking to me, I felt God say, walk in your royal identity. Hmm. And I knew right away that he was talking to me about this situation Mm -hmm. because my identity in this particular situation, and I, I, I can't be super open about it just because it's personal, but my identity in this situation is something that I've really struggled with is my place in this particular circle. Mm. And so I've really, really struggled with that. And I felt like it was so encouraging for me, for the Lord to wake me up and say, walk in your royal identity. So good. Because you're my daughter, you're my child, you know, 
you're you're feeling unloved by by this situation. So good. But that's not the truth of, you know, that's not the truth of my heart for you. Right. And so if you're finding yourself in that comparison, mm-hmm. you know, if it's in a relationship comparison, if it's in just your own heart kind of longing for something that's not currently mm-hmm. being given to you or is not for you to have, like just ask the Lord to reassure you mm-hmm. of your place yes, and to remind you. Because I think for me, that was so important to go, okay, yeah, the reality is not has not changed. I am being treated differently than the other people in that setting. Yes. I am being unloved in that setting. I am not receiving what I should be receiving. But even though they are lacking in that, my Heavenly Father is waking me up at three in the morning and saying, you are loved. Yes. Walk in your royal identity. And you are a child of God. That's right. And you are an heir to the throne of God. And you are known by Him. That's right. All of the things that are truths that shut down the lies. That's right. You know, the, it's so interesting because just this morning I was preparing for a class that I'm teaching and it was all about identity Mm. and it was all about our true identity that when we recognize our true identity and we begin to walk in it, the power that we have that God has put inside of us actually becomes so much more valuable because we actually access it and believe that we have the power to walk in it. And as you were having that in the middle of the night, I, in this morning, was thinking on this and meditating on this and writing about this. And it's just, it's so neat to see how God um, was speaking similar things to us for totally different circumstances, but it's the same thing. And when you know your identity in Jesus, Mm -hmm. the comparison issue just can kind of go off the table Mm -hmm. because you're so confident in who Jesus has made you to be that you don't have to look at anyone else and wish that you were them That's right. or look at anyone else and wish you had what they had because you have confidence in who God has made you to be and where he's got you. That's so good, Hev. That's a good word. It's a good word. So I think that's all we have to say today. That's good. We're done in the closet. We're done in the closet. For now. (laughs) Oh, man. So if you think, if you're sitting here comparing your life to Heather and Heidi's right now, and you think we've got it all together, you can just picture us in my closet. And let's be real. It's a really nice closet. It's a super nice closet. And it's so organized. I'm like, I really do like my closet. Mm -hmm. It's something that I, I wasn't even looking for in a home that I bought. No, you haven't. I think God just kind of gifted it to me. It's vacuumed too. I wonder how many people actually vacuum their closets. That is a gift from my husband. (laughs) So I've not been feeling well this week. And so my husband blessed me last night and he, for about two hours, we had a church meeting last night, a leadership meeting. And so he, two hours before that, he just went around and did a whole bunch of cleaning for me. That was a huge blessing because I was feeling a little behind on my world at home. Yeah. And I didn't have any energy to put into vacuuming. I wasn't being lazy. I was, I'm going through some like autoimmune stuff. And so I just had no energy. Yeah. That's even... a pretty awesome thing. But don't yeah. compare. Don't no, compare. Don't, don't compare. Because that's just one way he can love that's me. That's one of his gifts. That's one of his gifts. And, and vacuuming I said, is a de-stress like, for him. Thank you yes. for serving me. He's like, yeah, for sure. He's like, it serves me too. <laughs> it, this is a, you know, a stress release for me. So I kind of get that. Yeah, I do too. Well, thank you for listening. We're, as always, so glad that you do. And if you have any thoughts on this, please reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Yeah. If you need prayer, if you need any counsel, um, we don't always have all the answers, 
but we can point you to Jesus. And that's one of our favorite things to do. So thank you for listening. You can reach out to us at the H&H Hour at gmail.com or on Instagram at the H&H Hour. And we get back to everyone who finds us on there. We do. All right, friends. We'll see you next time.